See y'all. There they go. Welcome to Chaos Theory with myself and my partner, Rodney Rodriguez. You can find him on Twitter at Rodney R and or the Rodney R rather. And you can find me on Twitter at not the fake wags. What's going on, my man? How are you, dude? You got any condoms in there? When's the last time you used a condom? Dude, I don't need that. I'll tell you the vasectomy story. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> dude, I'm shooting. Dude, that's speaking of- best. So I've been getting hammered for that, man. She's yeah. almost to the point where yeah. it's like being used as as an influencer almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh yeah. like hey, yeah. you know, you get you you do this and this happens, you know, more than three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of shooting bullets, I mean talking about the jack in the box story. I mean, my bullets are like the ones, you know, in the movies, man. What what do they call those Just fake blanks? bullets? Yeah, I'm shooting blanks, what? brother. Uh, unless what's his name? <laughs> what what was that actor that that shot blanks and like kill somebody? Oh, who the hell <laughs> was that? I'm, dude? I'm not laughing at that. That's a Baldwin. But, that's a Baldwin. That's, that's a Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. Who the hell yeah. was that? Chat, chat. Who was the Baldwin that shot the the props woman? It, it was the older dude. No, it was it uh. Woman. He shot another actor. Yeah, he shot. He shot an or actor. Somebody. Yeah. He, he shot somebody. Alex, Alex, Alex Baldwin. Alex thank Baldwin. you, Jason, thank you, Baldwin. Jason Meyer. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Jason Meyer. Yeah. But but Wags, Wags, to answer your question, dude, I'm sleepy as shit because so I don't know why I do these things, but months ago my wife is like, let's go to Guns and Roses in San Antonio on a Tuesday. I'm like, how was that? I'm in, dude. You didn't tell me you were going. I would have tried to go with you. Oh, dude. So so let me dude, let me tell was, you how was, this was. Axel there? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Three. Almost three and a half solid hours of rock and roll. And Alice and Chains. All of them. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just saw pictures of Slash in Rome. Dude, he they they were tremendous. They were tremendous. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. So the show starts at six, and Alice in Chains opens. And you know me, I, I'm an old dude. I got to get up and prepare for this shit. You know. And I'm like, oh man. If the show starts at six, Allison Chains go about forty-five minutes to an hour. Here comes, here comes Guns and Roses. Couple hours, dude. I didn't get home last night until almost two a.m. What like, they, uh, what they start? I, I gotta know, man. I gotta know the set. I'm sure everybody needs to know the set. What they start off with? What they lead? Can you remember? Oh, if dude. you can remember, if you can remember a Guns and Roses show, <laughs> that's that, that's some bonus points right there, man. And let me tell you something. It's this whole buildup. And, and so so they're done. So they're done. And, you know, the encore, rah, 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 come on back out. So they come back out, and you're expecting, you're expecting, um, you know, Paradise City, because you hadn't heard that right. yet. Okay. So Sweet, Sweet Child of Mine was early in the show. And it's like, okay, you know, whatever. And so, dude, they come out for the encore, and it's like a whole nother almost hour. Oh, and yeah. it's like. There was patience. There were all of these songs that they're playing, oh dude. And 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 fucking slash, dude. Their encore was basically another set. It, it really was. And, and finally, at the end, they end with Paradise City. But dude, they did a they 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 sang the Wichita Lineman. They sang the Glenn Campbell song, the Wichita yeah, Lineman. Dude, they sang that, and it was like holy smoke, unbelievable show, dude, unbelievable. I mean, Over I can only, three, like, have how many from Use Your Illusions 1 and 2? Because th- those were probably two of my favorite albums. Those were the albums. Oh, like, I didn't, man. I was just, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate Appetite, Appetite. for Destruction. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I I was probably, when that dropped, I was, like, eight or nine, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. my teenage years is when Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 came out, and that's when I was just like, oh, man, 
fucking who are these Guns and Roses guys, yeah. man? They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I see the question there from DJ about how, how did Axel sound? So so that was something I was actually talking to a dude before and he he was like, I kind of heard him in the sound. A guy that works there. He's like, kind of heard him in the sound check. We couldn't be in there because he's a diva. He didn't want anybody right, in there. Sure. And of but, course, his voice has been struggling of late. Right. And, and But but I got to tell you, dude. I got to tell you, but, but that's the beauty of this right now. You can manipulate that voice uh, right. or whatever, but, but he was good. But, but here's the thing, like when there's a high note and I see this a lot of times when I, when I go to concerts, when it's like more elder uh, acts like that, when it's a high note, he goes, he goes like this and he does the note back there and then comes yeah, back to so everybody here. else and lets everybody yeah. else sing it. <laughs> exactly. Something, right. Like let's the crowd sing it. He, he sounded, he sounded great. I mean, I, I think he really sounded good, and and it was because because I saw uh, Motley Crue and and Def Leppard a while back, and you know Vince Neil was Motley rough. Vince Neil still Wales? Oh, dude, he was, he was. Vince, I mean, Vince you know Neil, Tommy can probably get back there and just hit on every I, damn drum. I think, I think Vince has stepped away at this point, but Vince was pretty rough. But when we saw Def Leppard and Motley Crue, I tell, let me tell you something about Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. That dude, it's like man he was hitting every note and he wasn't having to do this shit i mean he's he's like sucking this mic down his mouth and it's like poison i mean poison was on that on that bill as well and that dude was was hammering it was hammering it man so who opened that was, for guns and roses last night was it just them on a one no it's allison chains it was allison chains and of course jerry cantrell has has passed yeah uh, no shit but i mean still yeah. that's one hell of that's one hell of a show man i didn't even hear about you, this and let me tell you something, whoever, whoever the gentleman is that has taken, you know, that spot of Jerry sure. Cantrell. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a duo. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's the guy that replaced Cantrell and the other guy with the, with the rim. I can't, I can't remember his name, but it's like, it's very equal what they're doing right there, man. And it was, dude, it was, it was an unbelievable show, man. But yeah, it's it like, sounds like it. It, it like, sounds dude, fantastic. Man, man. I, I I'm sure they played. Like, I'm sure uh, you know Rooster was played by. Oh, dude. You know Allison yeah. Kane. Yeah, and, yeah. They played that. I mean, that, that was kind of towards the end of the set, right there. Yeah, lane no, pass. Lane pass. No as excuses. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no excuses. No excuses for Allison Chains is the one that just brought the place down. You know, it's like oh, yeah. people are sitting there waiting and then it's, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, be. yeah, dude, they were and, and them as well, man. It's and like, the busted for breaking right. rock all day. That's right. That's right, dude. It's like, and even my wife, my wife was like, I mean, my wife is very versed in music. But she was like, Allison Chains, I think I know one song. And, and so the show's going on, and she's like, Holy shit, I forgot about this one. And then God, man, that's, oh my God, that's I taking me that. back, dude. That would that's a show that I would have paid to go. Like, usually I don't leave the house to go see too many shows and in, in, I, I just don't like big <laughs> venues that much anymore. And one, I don't think that they sound that good anymore live. Yeah. Like I, I just yeah. I really don't. Um, I'd rather hear, you know, laid mm -hmm. out in, per, to perfection in the studio. But yeah, that's too, especially because you know, I'm with, you know, I'm with everybody else. I want to know how, you know, how Axel sounded, man. But, you know, sound like he pulled it off. Sound like he, he performed great. Uh, what was your favorite song? Before we get in the spot, I know we've been breaking this down with music a little bit. But what was your favorite song that they play? I mean, it had to be Paradise City, right? At the end, that's what everybody was kind of waiting for. Everybody was kind of waiting for that. But, you know, I just, um, I don't know, man. It's something about that Sweet Child of Mine song, man. 
Oh, well, yeah, like, you're a dad. You, you know, it, that one right there. And, and that just take that because I that was like in high school. I was in high school when 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 that song hit. And I remember when when that came out. And that was that was the time like when when MTV, when you when you saw videos, when you would like oh, yeah. you, you, you'd go to school, you go to school, go to high school, whatever you haul ass home to go watch the the, the top 20 countdown. And, and you knew it was always going to be. Was Kurt Loader still on yep. back then? Yeah, Is that's Kurt that's back in the, the Kurt Loader days, and, and that's back when Kari Wur, remember Remote Control? Oh, yeah, the, uh, Remote Control. Uh, that's where, hell, Adam Sandler was on Remote Control. Absolutely, man. You go back and you think about that, and, and even like on Friday nights, dude, and again, it's showing my age right here, and I think some of our folks will understand this, but like, like Friday night videos on NBC, it's like, can the news get done? You know, because right. I want to get to the Friday night videos. And, and dude, it is that's the cool thing. And that's why I love when you get these acts. And, and a lot of people, you know, we what we always do when we go to these shows, it's like we look around and it's like, you know, I, I've been to different shows and I'm like, I don't fit in well here. You know, <laughs> you name the, the you demographics name the, starting to yeah. uh, evolve a little bit. That, that's right. Thank, thank, thank you, Steve. Yeah, Lane is the one that passed. Lane is the one that passed. I'm sorry. But it, um, yeah, but but you go to one of these shows and it's like, I fit in well here. These are my people, and and hell, a lot of times at these shows, I look like the spring chicken. <laughs> so, right. It's like, so, oh man, that but, sounds like a a, a banging show. Probably my favorite show that I ever went to was probably, and I I think I've talked about this on the Wagner Wire a few times. It was Tom Pet. It was it was Jackson Brown opening up for Tom Petty at Nissan Pavilion on a lawn like atmosphere and Petty did that too like the Heartbreakers played an hour maybe 45 minutes to an hour encore and they yeah. didn't play American Girl yet and everybody was just like these they got to be coming back out for an encore if they didn't play American Girl right yeah. well all of a sudden well she was oh man that, yeah. that's yeah. then the everybody just dropping shirts were coming off that's when everybody Woo. just let it off i mean not you know not just my shirt i mean women's shirts were coming off every shirts were yeah. coming off man well it was and i gotta tell you we we, we went a, a couple a couple of months ago we went and we saw we saw journey we saw journey at the mood and and toto Toto opened Toto. for them. And that yeah. was another one where it's like, Toto, yeah, I know Roseanne. one of my favorite bands. Yeah. And then you're sitting there and it's like, all these songs are hitting and I'm like, holy shit. Uh, but no, dude, th those those are great. Those are great shows, man. And then probably, those you know, I saw Rage Against Machine with Scott Weil or, you know, Stone Temple Pilots played right before Rage Against Machine. And I'll still stand to this day that Stone Temple Pilots were a better performer than or a better show than Rage Against the Machine. And don't get me wrong, like Rage Against the Machine rocked. They were fantastic. Yeah. But just Scott Weiland, when when he did the snake and he like danced around mm -hmm. the fucking stage, he was yeah, he he was just so captivating, well, man. He was it, it, and Axel Axel can Axel can still do some of that. I mean, oh, he doesn't do it quite like that. That's what reminded me of Scott Weiland yeah. when you were talking about Axel yeah. Rose. I was just yeah. like, man. He'll swing the mic stand around and do all this shit. Doesn't do it near like he used to, but uh, he'll do it every now, just enough to remind you who the hell he is. Just enough to remind you who the hell he is. And he Great still stuff. got it. Yeah, dude, that's Great one show. band that I never got to see was uh, Guns N' Roses. I really wish I did. All right, so the race is still on in the American League and National League here. Let's talk about it real quick. I mean, 
Rodney, Houston Astros come out and let the Mariners – first off, it looked like a fantastic game, and then all of a sudden it just got way out of hand there. It was 3-1, to one, and then all of a sudden it just popped out to 5-1 to – or excuse me, it was 2-1, to one, and then popped out to 5-1 to one in the fifth frame because two out hitting. Two out hitting and allowing three RBIs for the Astros there – or for the Mariners to get in and then extending the league to 5-1 to one there. Um, yeah. It was just downhill sledding from there. The Mariners were in complete cruise control. Used a little bit of, uh, you know, some a decent amount of pitchers in their bullpen, but were still able to capture the win and uh, kind of right the ship a little bit to get them where they need to be going into this wild card thing. But no, no ground was gained for the Rangers either because they lost as well. Got to beat the Halos, man. Let's talk about your Astros, though, first. What were some of the disappointing things from last night that you saw? You know, we were talking yesterday, Wags, and, you know, we talked about JV, you know, going deep into the game the night before, and that's exactly what Christian Javier couldn't do. You know, four and two-thirds innings, and that's where you said, like you're talking about, the floodgates start to open right there, and then you go to the bullpen, you use Montero and, and Salsa and Maton and Stanek. I mean, and, you know, it's – I got to tell you, I heard the guys talking a little bit earlier this morning, this game tonight is pivotal. I mean, th this thing tonight, I mean, I'm here to tell you, I think if the Astros drop this one, um, you know, you're putting yourself in a situation where it is going to be hell to pay to get yourself in that wild card spot, dude. And, and, and the whole thing is, I mean, it would be one thing if the final series for the Rangers wasn't against the Mariners, because at that point, I mean, those, those two, I, I mean, not, not that you know, I'm not saying anything underhanded could go on here, but the, right. they can maybe help each other to get themselves into those playoff spots. And this, this is where the uh, dude, I, I'm going to say it until the end of time, this Royal series that we just surpassed Crushed for the Crushed Astros you. is what it did them in is what is going to do them in. It's a 70. You didn't, you didn't, even, you didn't get a game. You didn't get a game. You didn't pick up one damn game at home. The Royals here. And now you're going to go back and forth with the manners who are a club that you're in a race with. And also, by the way, you know, you the Rangers are, are being able to beat up on a cupcake because they've kind of mailed it in as well. So, but to that point, the Rangers weren't able to pick up any steam last night either. They lost. However, you know, and you go to the AL East and then everybody's winning. So it's yeah. crazy, dude. The Rays take care of business against the Red Sox. And of course, the, you know, the Orioles get into a nail biter here in the Battle of the Beltway with the Nationals, but able to squeak by. Uh, I don't know what else I can say about Orioles pitching at the rotation. I was beating the hell out of them. Uh, I was beating up the hell out of them, you know, last week about how they can't get past five frames. Another great performance there. Um, Bradish, Bradish going eight frames, dude. The longest he's gone, he is cruising, man. And the Nationals, the Nationals have not scored a run on the Orioles since last season, Rodney. Dude, that's last season, man some an amazing stat right there and that yeah so what so what is your thought here here with the Orioles going in I mean I, I know that that a lot of the national and obviously us here between the Astros and the Rangers little concerned. Kind, of, kind of fixed uh, uh, Orioles going into the playoffs I mean Orioles going into the playoffs I mean do you think that a lot of this has been I mean I, I know that they haven't been able to, to kind of sit back and and put this thing in cruise control because they're they're they've been in a fight themselves what what do you think about them going in do, do you think that I mean, it's not one of those things to where they've peaked. I, I don't think they've peaked too early, but, no, going, but they've been battle-tested as well, it seems like. Sure. I mean, well, anytime that you're in the American League East, you're going to be battle-tested all throughout the regular season, right? Yeah. Um, the thing about the Orioles is that, they're, you know, some of their best speed and, and, you know, the number one prospect in all of baseball isn't even up yet. 
Jackson Holiday, you know, was just called up to the tides not too long ago in Norfolk. So, you know, he's getting acclimatized there. Basically, it's just a set a setup stage, right? It's getting him ready for uh, once the postseason happens and then once that, you know, you get those extra roster spots open up, then you just move him up. That's And then he'll be up for, for next season as well, uh, presumptually, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the thing about the Orioles is that they're fantastic with speed. They have power to complement that as well, and they play fantastic defense. They run well when they get on, and they can crush the long ball because they play in a hitter's park. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they just have – they got guys that can mash anyways. Um, their their pitching is suspect, though. That's the thing. But with Big John Means coming back, that's another huge arm that eats up innings, right? He was able to go eight frames the other night, and then Bradish goes eight frames tonight. And now that bullpen's starting to get rested again, right? Cano comes back. You know, he looks sharp, you know, last night as well. There's a lot of things that are starting to cook and starting to come together for the Orioles. And if they claim this number one spot, Rodney, magic mm-hmm. numbers two, if they can get two more wins and claim this spot, hell, even hit the century mark for, you know, getting 100 wins on the season, that'd be a phenomenal feat. And then also you're the number one spot and you get that rest that we were talking about. That's right. Everybody gets healthy. It buys a little more time for that bullpen. And then you go into cruise control, battling the, the, the top tier teams of baseball. Yeah. And that really is, I mean, that really is the key. And I mean, I know a lot of times we say stuff that, that is clearly, clearly obvious, but sometimes it's worth saying again, just, just to the impact of it. I mean, like, like you're talking about right there, getting deep into innings right there and and resting up that pen. I mean, it's like, like when you're, when you're, when you're pulling these, these relievers out, I mean, when, when they're in, uh, you know, fourth inning i mean we've even seen with the astros you've had the pen you're going to the pen in the third inning and that's that's, and that's where you get into trouble that's where you get into trouble and then with that i mean your relievers come in you put them in a hole i mean you you you've got you got runners on the corners you got bases loaded i mean whatever the case is going to be right there the reliever comes in and then they you know i see a lot of folks where it's like well the houston and i've said it where the houston bullpen shit the bed well yeah you're gonna shit the bed when you come in with a shitty situation you know and that's uh it i, I think that baltimore I, I really think that baltimore is in a good spot right here dude because i i, I think that the al west is whoever come whatever two teams come out of the al west they're going to be so taxed they're going to be so taxed with just this run well, yeah it's, it's just through. a battle it's just a battle to get into the playoffs man right Right. And then the central, I mean, the central, it's like, you know, they're just sitting there cruising, smoking a cigarette. It's like, Hey, when's the playoffs? You know? So, um, I think Baltimore's in a really good spot right here, dude. I, I think you're sitting really pretty. Yeah. I'm liking it, man. It's it's still, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to be a believer yet because you still got the Rays breathing down uh, your neck and they're playing the Red Sox, right? And the Red Sox ain't exactly the Red Sox of three or four years ago. Okay. They're kind of laying it up as well. I mean, it, it, it's the last week of baseball, Rodney. Hell, it's the witching hour. Anything can happen. I'm just hoping that the Orioles can get in and kind of rest some arms up, and then that'll be that. Um, let's uh, – who the – what are you talking about? My gear, dude. Fans may want to chip in to get wags some other UT gear. Rodney's been wearing the same damn shirt too, dude. How come Rodney don't get thrown under the carpet or under the rug? That's bull Three crap. days. Yeah, three days, man. I, I've told you how my wardrobes work here in the studio. What I do over there in the corner, I got all my black polos. And they said, I'm like Mr. Rogers. When when it's time for us to do this show, or if I'm doing the revved up show or the dirty air, whatever the hell I'm doing in here, I come in and I change my shirt. I'm going to do a video one day and do like Mr. Rogers. I'll come in. 
hello neighbor you know change my shirt i don't know if i want all my fat hanging out over here please won't you be my neighbor look dude i don't it's not like i sweat in this thing and i'm sure rodney doesn't sweat in this thing either right like as soon as when it gets cold like we keep the air on 71 chilly in here well i got two computers in here so i it's got to be somewhat cold right or it gets you know really hot for the pcs and stuff so i need to have a sweatshirt on when it gets too blazing or i guess too frigid in here um but yeah, I, I keep it right here on the couch. That way I can just go ahead and grab it and throw it on when it gets too cold. And then when I get hot, I just take it off. You know, I, it's not like I'm sweating in this thing. Zittick, what the hell's going on here, man? And give <laughs> give Rodney some grief too, man. All the time, dude. All right, let's get into the let's get into a little bit of Texas football here. We will have Matt Tate come on in just a little bit to break down the Kansas game. Rodney, my guy, man. What do you like in 4-0 and 4-0 about both of these squads? Let's get a little bit of our stuff out before we have our guests come on here and give the Kansas breakdown. Big matchup, dude. Here's a good test right here. Don't be worrying about Oklahoma. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, I really think that that this is – we talked about it earlier in the week, my man, to where I, I think that this team is finally programmed and trained – to be to be in a in a winner uh i hate to say uh in a in a killing mindset they know the task at hand i mean this is this is where you go out you're gonna have a rabid fan base i mean sure. when this when this team is winning the way they're winning right now and when they're getting the run that they're getting right now the win over alabama and all of this you know that place is going to be jam-packed if you'd have fallen on your face to baylor you probably wouldn't wouldn't have 101,000 people there that you're going to have at 2 30 on saturday but man you're on national tv right here it's a top 25 matchup yeah kansas is number 24 whatever they're four and oh they're a good football team they're a very good football team. And I think I, I, I've heard some folks saying, well, you know, you can't, I mean, you, you can't underprepare like you did for Wyoming. I'm sorry. I'll say it all year. Wyoming's a good football team. Kansas is better. So this is where, this is where you need a complete ball game. I mean, that's a bottom line. You need a complete ball game right here. Don't, don't come out, don't come out and, 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 and step on yourself. Um, in anticipation of what's coming up down the road, because if you, if you, if you lose, Saturday, things change. Things change. Do you get the, this? I think I get this quote or I get this reference. Do you, uh, have you ever seen American Pie? Uh, yep, I have. Huh? I have. Yep, yep. It's right there. This, or, it uh, it's not Stifler, but Shermanator. The Shermanator's yep. moving in for, for a target. Confidence is high. I say yeah. again or I repeat, confidence is high. Sure, no Shermanator. Let's go, Shermanator. Love the quote, Jason Meyer. Thank you so much for the chime. Appreciate that. Right now, I got some uh, garbage cans getting rattled and thrown around my front house, Rodney. So I'm trying to be a little bit loud and do that noise over having you uh, talk about covert real quick so I can mute my mic if that's okay. Oh, man. I had to get my place cleaned up yesterday because I'll tell you, man, after that hailstorm, I had so much. Oh, my God. It was a mess over here. My man Alejandro came over here and took care of that. If you, if you happen to be in a mess and you need somebody to uh, take care of that for you, the, the coverts won't, but my man Alejandro will, and I will hook you up if uh, you need to talk to him. But Covert Bee Cave, we will be out there on Friday coming up. You will have your uh, your your Friday pregame, uh, kind of pregame, pregame uh, situation going on out there. Go on out and get yourself a good meal out there. We'll have plenty of good food party there. Party before uh, the party. Yeah, that's party for the party. Uh, Verde's, Smoky Moe's, uh, they're going to hook you up right there. But if you need to be hooked up with a new vehicle, 
which I'm probably going to need to be because my man, my car is so beat up from hail damage. Oh my goodness. What a hailstorm that was three state of the art dealerships, covert B cave that's out there nestled in the beautiful hill country, 42 acres with those massive three state of the art dealerships, three different brands with your Ram, your Jeep, your Dodge, your Chrysler, the caddies, the GMCs and the Buick. So no matter what you're looking for, whether it be a new or pre-owned SUV, sedan, the national vehicle of Texas, one of those trucks, go on out there to Covert Bee Cave, and they're going to hook you up as well. If you're looking for the Chevrolets and the Ford, it's a nice drive out to Highway 79. Wave at the Dell Diamond on your way. Get a Hat Creek Burger on the way and make your way down to Hutto, and they'll take care of you there. And, of course, the staple, the Fords and the Lincolns, that happens in Austin with the Covert family and also Covert Bee Cave. They service all make and mo- makes and models of your vehicles, 86 service bays. So it's not going to be like where you go to some of these shops and it's like they, they got three service bays and it's like, yeah, it'll be about 10 minutes. About 10 minutes, we'll get you hooked up and get you in there. Three hours later, you look and your shit's still sitting out there in the parking lot. That's not what happens at Covert Bee Cave. They're going to hook you up and you can get your weekly specials at covertbeecave.com or just stop by. Just stop by, see our man, Dan Covert. I'll tell you, the Covert family of dealerships since 1909, a staple in the Central Texas area, serving many families, their kids, and their kids, and their kids, and their grandkids. Just remember, with the Covert and Covert Bee Cave, nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, and sure as hell, not ever. No, they don't. I love that little bell there, Rodney. Gotta have it, dude. It is going to be a wild time, that's for sure, this Saturday. So make sure you guys are getting up and getting ready. Before we let, uh, you know, get into a whole bunch of Texas talk, I need to tell you about my friends at Audiovisual Consultations, too. Because at 512-255-8678, you can get the very best in audiovisual automation they set the standard in it and they've been doing so since 1988 for 35 years you can look at my screens behind me i have them off right now but usually they are occupied by two or not more uh games or video games movies whatever you want to do i also have arcade units back there to play the retro classics and then i have a home theater system downstairs 512-255-8678 is very best in the business we talk about it all the time and every day here they're the title sponsors for the wagon wire and they are also one of the title sponsors for texas sports unfiltered show wide channel wide make sure you go to them 512-255-8678 that's avconsultations.com all right, two four no squads, Rodney, coming into town here. Thankfully, this is back in our Fairburg because stuff usually gets a little bit crazy when we go up to Lawrence, Kansas, man. And thankfully, we get to play them here on the 40 acres. A high potent offense. Phil Steele has them as one of the most potent offenses in the Big 12. That's what he says about them. With an offense that comes in here averaging over 200 yards on the ground, you have to think that they'll be trying to. to take advantage of that and try and uh, find the vulnerable spots in some of this Texas defense, which hasn't been many because there's been great no. gap assignment here, Rodney, and the linebackers have been able to flow. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. I can't wait to see, you know, b- between Hill or Ford and, and, and trying to, to run downhill against Neal here. It's going to be a fantastic matchup in between the trenches. You got to make it one-dimensional and just look for them to try and beat you with the pass and take away the run. That's my assessment here for Texas defense. What do you think, sir? Well, uh, same thing. And and here's the deal uh, for me, Wags. Jalen Daniel. I mean, Jalen Daniels coming in here. I know that, you know, with Milrose over at Alabama, you know, we, we broke that down in depth about what the challenge was going to be right there. 
I mean, no offense to that young man at Alabama, but um, here's your test. Jalen Daniels, this is a guy, and, and, and I don't know if he's quite 100%. Maybe we'll find that out uh, here in just a, a little bit. Um, not not that they'll that he'll tell us but um i mean here's your test right here when you when you want to talk about a quarterback um this is a guy where multifaceted he can do a lot of different things he, he does seem to be more content to, to try to pass the ball or or, or or run the ball you know with Devin neal we talked about that yesterday that they got a two-headed running attack right there so the texas defense is going to be tested extremely well extremely well and and wags again in the heat in this the dude heat might right. be Jalen Daniel might Daniel Daniels might be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 here. And I think he is. Probably one of the most slept upon, right? Because as a sophomore, he threw for over 2,000 yards, contributed seven touchdowns on the ground, and then threw nine uh, through the air. Excuse me, uh, I have my stats right. Uh, excuse me, threw 18 through the air and only threw four interceptions. Contributed yeah. seven on the ground. So this guy, he's a stud, man. And unless you, ha- you better have a really good game plan, you'll probably see another spy assignment like you saw, like like you brought up with Milrow here. And this is the test, dude, because on the other end of it, by the way, you got Mr. Neal, um, Devin Neal, who also contributed uh, eight or excuse me, nine touch nine touchdowns and over a thousand yards on the ground as well. So these two dudes can chop it up and carve it up on the ground. And then like you just mentioned, yeah, Daniels can beat you up and, and you know, shred you through the air uh the wide receiver room might be a little bit lax we didn't get to talk about them a little bit yesterday i'm sure we'll break that down a little bit more when um when matt comes on the show but yeah from a standpoint here this is one of the most high high potent offenses in the big 12 returning 10 starters it's going to be a tough feat for the defense here but i think the defense can stand up to it the defense have been playing championship caliber football all season long and i don't think that they're going to have any letdown going up against this potent offense yeah, I agree. I mean, Luke Grimm, um, you know, talking about wide receivers right there, he's got three touchdowns there for Kansas. Um, not not quite. I think it's seven total receiving touchdowns. He's got three of them. So that's something that you're going to focus in right there. You know, if you're the Texas secondary and and he's not the leading, he's not the leading receiver. He's not the leader in yards, you know, through the air right there for, for Daniels. But this, I mean, this really is, this is, and, and these two, these next two games, dude, I mean, let's look at the schedule right now as everything has changed itself around a little bit. I mean, looking at Big 12 standings right now, you got a 4-0 Kansas team, you got a 4-0 Oklahoma team, and I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse, but here you go. You got two back-to-back ones right here that are going to be extremely huge. You had the Alabama game there in game number two. That was obviously the national stage and, and everything that was going into that, but I mean, here you go. Here, here's your true test right here. This is this is where everything that we've talked about, the the finishing games, playing four quarters, great game plans, uh, three to well, two dimensional, uh, you know, win winning on offense and defense and some special team struggles. This is where it all comes together right here. You got two back to back right here, dude. And this is going to be a true test of character for this ball club. And and again, if you're Texas, come out, start fast. Don't let Kansas. Don't let Kansas get ahead of you. I mean, you come out and establish that home field advantage. You come out and establish the line of scrimmage and just take this game from the get-go. In my opinion. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Rodney. I'm sitting here emailing. Uh, there's And there's Matt there as okay. we uh, get him on. Great, an- great analysis. I hardly heard a word of it as I was concentrating on something else, but I'm sure the other people heard it and they loved it. I'm sure I'll see it on the replay. Let's welcome <laughs> on our guest right now matt tate covers 
rock chalk football. I never thought that I'd be sitting here having a guest on for rock chalk football, man. But they come in here as an offensive juggernaut in the Big 12. And they are a high-potent offense like Phil Steele's talked about. We welcome on Matt Tate now to talk a little bit more about it. Let's break down your Jayhawks, Matt. What do you like? First and foremost, welcome to Chaos Theory, and thank you so much for taking out your time and enjoying the show. Yeah, you bet. My pleasure. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic, well, man. man. We're a little bit excited to have a 4-0 team come in, of especially of the magnitude and an offensive uh, potency that that Neil and Daniels can bring, and we can't hear we can't wait to hear your analysis. Well, let me tell you one thing, man. I've covered a lot of Kansas football games at Texas in my 25 years doing this, and I've never seen that place full. I've never seen it in a good environment. I've never seen it anything other than totally boring and dull because no one cares when Kansas comes to town. It's like half empty, and it's a you know we're well we're gonna win by 70. No one cares, you know. Um, but. But this will be different. I mean, this is a top 25 showdown. And, and uh, there's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that Kansas has enough to go down there and compete. Um, will they win? That's a whole different story. I mean, that, that, that they're going to have to play perfect and probably catch a break or two. Um, could it happen? Sure. But, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody's counting on that. I think the line is, is where it is because of that. But I, I think this is a very good Kansas team, and I think, number one, the, the thing they bring with them the most is just confidence. They, they believe that they are on this level. They believe they can compete with these types of teams. Beating Texas a couple years ago down there certainly sure. did a lot for that, and, and even though that was not the most talented Texas team and kind of a wacky game, so many guys that are still on this Kansas roster that were freshmen and sophomores playing in that game are are here now, and they're veterans and they're they're experienced, and they've seen the 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 fruits of their labor and they've seen what their work has produced. And so, you know, this won't be anything like a, a bunch of guys that are overwhelmed and a, a cute little story. You know, this will be a Kansas team that goes down there and expects to win. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's a lot of reasons that that will be difficult, but. You know, I give them a fighting chance, and and I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. I, I think Kansas offensively presents problems for anybody they play against. Right. Um, yeah. They're they're so creative, they're so uh, deep, they're so versatile, and 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 they have you know one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So that that part alone makes it really interesting. KU's defense has been sort of the story of these first four weeks, yeah. um, but you know this is this is a different test. This is bigger bodies this is a big time quarterback this is a road environment that's going to be buzzing uh you know we'll see how the defense holds up when that's sort of the challenge in front of them um again not that they've played trash though BYU is a really mm -hmm. good team Illinois at home big 10 team right so it, it's not like they're 4-0 just on on the the strength of some easy schedule but uh yeah you're really like, the only Nevada I mean that's kind right. of the only that's the only team but other than that man Decent, decent programs, some stalwarts on, on that schedule, man. Yeah, and and Coach Leipold said earlier this week, you know, he said the bottom line is it's great. We love being four zero. That's what you want. But this next third of the season will will really tell yeah. us what we're about, who we are, and and you know they're they're looking forward to it. I know that. And Matt, that's mm -hmm. my next question. It's it's Leipold's third year. What has he done just in his in his young camp or his short? stint there at Kansas that it's kind of I don't want to say turn the program around because it's had some success there with Puka Williams there back in the day like you said coming into Texas and being able to beat Texas but what has he done essentially to kind of make this ship the the way that it's it's kind of on cruise control right now and just kind of man a lot of wind in its sails Matt 
Yeah, well, first of all, you're not wrong to say turn it around. It was the program mm-hmm. was trash. It, it was. I mean, they had I'm trying to be kind. So. No, you're nice, but but I covered every one of it, and and uh, yeah, there, there's no doubt that that they needed a, a dramatic change. And I, I think the thing that Lance has brought to the to the to the program, to the team, to the players is, is just you know that that belief and hope that that hey, we can do this. Uh, his, his first meeting with those guys at the stadium after he was hired, you know, he had the sport coat on and he was fresh off the plane and he met the team and he said, told them all, we will win here. I promise you. It, it won't be easy. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work, but we will win here. And for a bunch of guys that had done nothing but lose here, to hear someone say that and, and say it with conviction and, and, and say it with a track record of, of winning everywhere he had been, I think that was the first thing. It, it got their attention, and and it, it 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 allowed them to kind of say, okay, you know, maybe this guy's for real. Let mm-hmm. let's let's put our best foot forward. Let's put in the work. Let's see if he knows what he's doing, and and maybe that'll take us somewhere. And then slowly, 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 you started to see some of that. You started to see more competitive games. You started to see organization within the program and the practices and, and commitment and commitment from the administration. And there were so many things that just started to ever so slightly turn in, in their favor. And, and then once that happens, it's, it's very easy to go, okay, now I'm really going to buy in because I see yeah. it. And yeah. so he said, we're going to win. We got to work to do it. Well, we're working and we're seeing it. So I'm going to work harder now. And look what happened. We go beat Texas and boom, 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 boom. And the next thing you know, these guys are standing there at four and own back to back years. You probably have seen the stat first time since 1914, 1915. Yeah. Um, this it's it, this what they're doing is is nothing short of miraculous. And yeah, um, and, and now that's the standard. That's the expectation sure. now. And yeah. for it to turn so quickly is is remarkable. Um, you know, Lance is worth every penny they're paying him, and probably more. And and and. I think it was just, it really was just sort of a perfect storm of everything that had to come together, coming together. They had to have the right AD. They had to have the right commitment from the administration. They had to have the right players. You know, they had to have the right coaches. Um, And and finally, after years and years and years of really bad football, that was all there and, and they took advantage. And and now again, that's the standard, that's the expectation. And and they're kind of off and running with it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Go ahead, Ronnie. Uh, I think Lance very much like Mac Brown talked about here at Texas. You know, being a CEO. I mean, what he's doing right there—that that's really what he's done there at Kansas. And 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 I can tell you, just as a, as a football fan, it's great to see that happen. You, you know, when you talk about Colorado and Coach Prime and all that, yeah, yeah, that, great. But but Kansas, the, the the way that Lance has done a great job of, of putting this together and setting a standard is is amazing. I do want to ask you about this defense because we were talking about. Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal and, and and so forth and and all of the offensive weapons and the firepower that's sitting right there to kind of break this defense down because like you said that has been the story it's defense you got a really good defense here at KU yeah and and their whole thing is confidence too you know th- these are guys that have been playing since they were freshmen they took their lumps and now they're veterans and 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 they've got some pretty damn good players especially in that secondary man I mean those guys are uh, you know how secondaries go, right? It, it, right? it becomes contagious and they feed off of each other and there's a little internal competition. Well, he got a pick. Now I got to go get one. And now he's got three. I got to catch him. And, you know, all that stuff just uh, kind of fuels the, the, the way they're playing. But but really, I mean, 
that secondary, you kind of expect it to be good. It's the D-line that's been the biggest surprise. Uh, they got a lot of new guys up there, whether they're transfer portal guys or um, guys that have been in the program but are now just starting for the first time or playing big yeah. roles for the first time. Um, guys like Jeremy Robinson, who's who's having a, a really, really good year. Um, Hayden Hatcher's another guy that's just sort of one of those dog fighters. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a – he, he's he's just nothing pretty about him. Maybe his hair. He's got nice hair, um, but but there's nothing pretty about him. There's nothing that jumps off the the stat sheet or the or the roster that says, "Wow, we got a scheme for that guy." But he just grinds and he plays hard. And and so those guys that have been in the program like that are, are now given that opportunity. But uh, transfers: Austin Booker, Devin Phillips, um, Gage Keys. Those guys are are really responsible for what's happening they, they have a couple other guys tommy dunn and, and dj withers yeah, been program guys they they're sort of the guys that have been on that trajectory of well they were young and they liked them when they were young but they needed time and and they got time and now they're here and, and they're performing the way they expected so it's really it's really been a, a cool thing to see that d-line perform so well again this test will be unlike anything they've ever seen this week so uh we'll see if we're still talking about that on sunday and and into next week and and you know, it's very possible we're not. And, and the, the questions next week, maybe what's wrong with these guys, which that's, that's sports, right. But um, up to this point, I, I think those guys have been a huge part of, of what the defense has been able to do. And, and it's not just because one guy is playing well or, or kind of leading the charge. It's really because they're all playing well. Yeah. Exactly. And what that yeah. allows the, the coaching staff to do too, is they rotate them in. And so you keep guys fresh and you keep guys hungry and, and, and they kind of, you know, go out there and fight for each other. And, and there's no egos up there. It's, it's who, who cares who makes the play? Somebody go make the damn thing. And, and, and they're doing a lot of that. So it, it's been really impressive. And, and it's been impressive without them really getting after the quarterback. I mean, their pass yeah. rush, it's been okay. It's been a base, it's been a base four from what yeah. I've seen, right? It hadn't been too yeah. many blitzes, not too many, uh, Absolutely. not too many cross bucks or anything like that. Uh, when I say cross bucks, like, you know, linebackers taking both a gaps, right. uh, you know, away and blitzing that. But it really hasn't been too much of of anything dialed up. It's just been a basic front four rush or or a front a front three rush. Exactly, and and you know, I, I mean, I bet the rest of that stuff's coming, right? And it may be coming sure. this week. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I, I think that they're pretty content with with you know just playing fundamental football. And and hey, let's let's put guys in position where they know what they're doing and can succeed, and and then we'll play around that because. You start getting too cute. You try to do too many different things, and and it can come unraveled pretty quick. And obviously, that doesn't benefit anybody. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, you know that, that's that's what I was saying too. Like the the idea that this D line has stood out without being a team that gets a bunch of sacks and and really mm -hmm. harasses the quarterback. I mean, that's football, right? Like right. guys just controlling the line and yeah, that's and, the recipe for success. Handling yeah. blockers and and shedding guys and filling yep. gaps so the linebackers can fill behind them and things like that. I mean. That's football, and, and and they're doing it very well. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I am eager to see if they do dial up some different stuff, and and, and they're going to have to, and they know right. that, you know. And 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 th this entire coaching staff, especially the coordinators, they both talk every week about you change every week. You know, your base is what it is, and you are who you are, but you can't just sit on that. Every week is a new challenge. Can't be predictable, every week. Yeah. right? That yeah. too. Yeah, you you. You have to be, you know, figuring out different things to do and different ways to work and different guys to use and, and all of that stuff. So because of, of the fact that this is a veteran team and because of the fact that these guys have 
have really established that standard and, and bought into, you know, this is Kansas football. It has an identity now, right? Because of that, it's easier for them to then tweak here, tweak there, and, and maybe make some changes on the fly because they're not trying to change wholesale stuff every week. Uh, they mm-hmm. know who they are, and, and, and they go out and try to execute that and, and, and play off of it. Mm-hmm. Speaking with Matt Tate, covering uh, Kansas football for Wave the Wheat. You can find him on Twitter at MC Tate. You can also follow Wave the Wheat at R1S1 underscore can, or KU. Um, Matt, you talked about it. This unit as a whole, at its entirety, is going to have a tough hill to climb coming up this Saturday. And one in particular is JT Sanders. How do you plan, or how do you think Leipold plans to? kind of maintain this one dynamic weapon that Texas has trying to bracket him. Maybe, you know, this, this dynamic tight end coming up through the hash marks. And then all of a sudden, if you take him away, what do you do with that solid secondary that you have being able to be exposed by worthy? I mean, there's a lot of weapons that Texas has. I'd love to hear your uh, analysis here on what type, what the defense might be able to be dialed up here and trying to stop the holes here for Texas. Sure. Yeah. Well, they haven't told us, I'll tell you that much. Uh, (laughs) But you got available, you got coaches availability coming up here after this, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So we'll find out, but you know, I I think the way they play that, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of different packages that they can use. They've got some guys that, that are, are true linebackers or, or even, you know, hybrid type DN guys. Okay. that they can use in coverage and almost play like safeties. And and I know that's not totally rare, um, but at Kansas it is. And to have those guys, Craig Young's a guy that comes to mind. Um, you know, he was at Ohio State to start his career, and, and he's been here a couple years now. But he's an athlete, and he's fast, and he's physical, and he's strong. And, and you know, he, he's got a lot to to – shoulder i guess that, that that's the deal right like they, they can use them all over the place they've got some young guys that are behind him and kind of in that same role that that they're waiting to kind of get some experience before they kind of unleash them too but but that's probably as big of, of a spot as anything i mean craig young gives them some versatility another guy jb brown a true linebacker but yeah. a guy who has some coverage uh capabilities and and can rush the passer and can drop and can run and and get sideline to sideline and all that stuff too so I think they feel pretty good about it. I mean, they have the Hawk position, which, you know, everybody names it something different. But, but um, I, you know, I think that gives them the versatility they need to to try to to match up with those types of things. But you're right. I mean, like, if you, if you stick Young or J.B. Brown or somebody specifically on one player down the seam or whatever, mm-hmm. he's still going to draw attention. You're still going to have safety attention, and, and, and that's going to open up some other things. So – um, the biggest thing these guys talked about this week, man, was was just the, the dead's honest truth is communication. Mm-hmm. When they talk Great. out there, they're a good defense. And and when they have things and moments that where it breaks down, it's usually because somebody didn't get a call or somebody didn't make a call or somebody didn't, you know, get lined up right because they didn't hear the call or whatever it is. And and so uh that's harder on the road, that's harder in front of a hundred thousand people, and, and that's harder against big time athletes like Texas has. So yeah. They will have their hands full in that regard, but but I think their 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 approach is like just talk the hell out of it, you know. Like, yeah, you have to communicate twice, three times, four times pre-snap, just to make sure everybody has it. Because if your head is spinning and and you got guys maybe thinking they know this or taking a cheat step this way or whatever, 
the whole thing's going to blow up. Guys are going to be running wide open down the field all day. And, and obviously you got a quarterback there who can, who can find them and, and it'll be yeah. a long afternoon then. So I, I think that that communication is, is sort of the central part of how, how they can hope to survive this. And, and then the rest is, you know, just do your assignment and play, play football yeah. and, and see what happens. Yeah. yeah, Matt, you look at the numbers here and on the, you know, nothing really jumps off the page except for the fact that Kansas has still got the same kind of numbers that Texas is playing or that Texas has. And everybody's talking about how high of a level and championship caliber of a defense that Texas is, is playing right now. Right. So you got to think that Kansas is going to be able to come out there and have some type of answers for getting hit in the mouth. Um, and, and sure, like they're not four and for, you know, for a reason, right. You've been talking about it. They got some studs on that defense as well, but let's go right back to the offense. My last question before we get you out of here, cause I know you got a busy day coming up, but you talked about uh, Daniels, right? Two over 2000 yards as a sophomore moving into his junior year. Now, man, you got to think that this dude, you've already talked about him. He's touted as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. What are some of the things that he's going to have to do on Saturday to break down this Longhorn defense in order to ride Kansas to a victory? Yeah, it's no fluke. The kid's legit. He's a really, really talented quarterback. And, and uh, you know, that's not just lip service that Kansas is trying to build him up. I mean, he, sure. he he's no, a legitimate quarterback. And I know you guys you can't lie that. to the eye in the sky. Right. Man. Like, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, he and and his whole thing is about charisma and that, that it factor. Um He's a great athlete. He's got a great arm, all those things, but he brings more than that, you know? And so um, the biggest thing I've seen with Jalen this year, though, and and my one criticism of him is he is so gung-ho to make a big play every snap, you know? And and he's capable, and he's done a lot of that. But sometimes he holds the ball too long, runs around too long, and wants to find that big play when – you know, especially in matchups like this, sometimes you just have to take your medicine, get rid of the ball, yeah. throw it at someone's feet, throw it to your head coach on the sideline, whatever it is. Right. And, and don't, don't run into a 14 yard loss because you were trying to yeah. make a play, just line up and, and see what happens on the next play. And so I, I think that's going to be key for him. I don't know how much they've talked with that, with him about that. I, I know that it's come up, but, but, you know, it's also one of those things where you, you don't really want to, you know, put a harness on a guy who that's how he makes plays, right? You don't want to say, okay, we need you to be more conservative because part of his greatness is that he's, he's off script and he can be crazy and go make plays with his legs and things like that. So it's a fine line of how you tell him, Hey, do this, but don't do this or don't do this, but make sure you still do this or whatever it is. So uh, that, that to me is going to be the number one thing. I'm really interested to see, you know, how much they address that and also how much it shows up on, on Saturday. Um, because man, if he's running back there for his life and trying to extend those plays, it's not likely he's going to get out of very many of them. And and then you're behind the sticks, and then it's really hard. So yeah, I, right. I think that that's that's the biggest thing. And and part of this offense, the the success of the offense, and it has been this way throughout Jalen's career. Uh, it's get the ball out. It's get the ball out quick. They they put guys in good spots, and they have good good you know uh, play calling. They're they're offensive coordinator is a wizard up there you know and and his number one thing is get the ball out and so i i wouldn't be surprised at all if 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 you see a lot of that this week uh it's great that you have a quarterback like that who can run around and extend plays yeah. and do all that stuff but when you're taking on a team that has more talent or even matches you in talent sometimes the best yeah. thing to do is it's kind of like laying down a bunt in baseball you know like right, right. put the bunt down and make the damn third baseman throw it to first make the play right he, he does right. it and and right and put a little pressure on them. So get the ball out, get it to your receiver, and 
and see if Texas is sound with their discipline and their assignments and, and if they can get you on the ground. And, and if not, you know, all of a sudden you've got them on their heels a little bit and, and the ball starts rolling and you get some momentum that way. And, and now you, you're in charge and you're dictating it. So easier said than done, real easy sure. for me to tell you guys that, but, um, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's a, that's a, there's a heavy dose of, of really emphasizing get the ball out this week. Cause you know, that also helps kind of keep the balance too. Cause Devin Neal, as you mentioned, is, is a big time running back and um, you know, he's a one cut and go guy. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's a Lawrence high kid. He, he grew up he's here. A, he's a Sunday running back. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No yeah. doubt about it. No doubt about well, it. Well, And part of that matter, I think with that, I mean, then you have his show. So, so, I mean, you actually have, you, you've got different <laughs> options right there. And, and that's, that's a great problem to have. You know, we talk about Texas with three or four running backs, but man, Kansas, very similar situation right there with the running game. For sure. And and I'll tell you, those guys would tell you, coaches, players, teammates, whatever, they would tell you there's not a team in the country that has a better one-two than we do. And yeah. whether that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. They believe it. And and there's some there's some stats out there that show that, too. Um, yep. And it's not just rushing yards. It's it's Devin Neal as a receiver. It's Daniel Hyshaw as a blocking back. I mean, uh, the, the guy's a rock. Man, Daniel can like, run the ball, too. And he can <laughs> run the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't like to go down. Um, no. Sometimes to his own detriment. Sometimes he'll he'll stay up and take five or six extra hits just to get one extra right. yard. And they, they really worked with him this this offseason. Like, man, just go down. Like, you go don't down. need that extra punishment. If don't you're, fumble. We need, you, right. we need you for longevity. We need you for the season, not for the extra yards. He is Matt Tate, guys. You can find him on Twitter at MC Tate, uh, covering Texas, or excuse me, covering Kansas football for Wave the Wheat. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Anything that you need to get out for Wave the Wheat right now, Matt? Man, no, I, I appreciate you guys pubbing it. It's r1s1sports.com. It's a brand new site. We've been live since July, and uh, our whole focus is is athletes and 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 kind of who they are, what makes them tick. Uh, we're not as much about breaking down, you know, news and and pre games and previews and things like that. I did that for a number of years at the paper here in Lawrence, and um, made a jump to this site because I, I love telling stories about people and for building sure. relationships, and so. Um, there's, there's ways to weave the two together and, and we've had yeah. a lot of fun with that, but we're brand new and, and, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a cool site. Check it out if you're at all interested. And, and there's a little bit up, up about, you know, some of these guys, it's, it's, it's less about breaking down Texas and more about who these KU guys yeah. are. That's, Excuse me. That's so awesome. yeah, it's been fun. So, um, yeah. but, but yeah, still at, at its core, these games still matter a whole heck of a lot and it's a lot of fun to, to, to cover them and, and do it through a different lens so it's been hey, fun. hey matt so so how cool for you i mean you talked about with with the kansas program where it was where it is now how cool for you to to, to watch this happen dude that's got to be pretty cool yeah as an insider right there man it, it's crazy yeah I, I sat through a lot of bad football games in that stadium <laughs> and traveled a lot of rough travel uh to, to just go watch them get their butts kicked so it, it has been really cool and and I grew up here in Lawrence too, so a big part of it is just seeing what it's meant to the community. Um, people love football again, and and they were always hungry to get it back, and and uh, you know wanted to see it. But it is hard to support ineptitude, you know, it really is. And so for years, I had a I had a hashtag going that that you know it was hashtag rake those leaves because a lot of a lot of Saturdays you were better off spent outside raking your leaves than watching the game, wasting your time. So. Um, people still tell me, Hey man, no, no raking leaves this year. We're, we're done. I put the Love rake it. away. So, uh, it's pretty cool. Go, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's been good to see that happen and, and, and great for the community. And, and, you know, these kids are a bunch of good kids. They deserve it too. It's so, awesome. That's, cool. uh, I'm, that is something that my granddad would have pulled out, man. I, that yep. is classic. That, well, you see the gray. I'm an old man. Yeah. Hey, me too, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can't, too. you know, don't yeah. lie. It, you know, yeah. It's wisdom. It, it's wisdom for sure. Hey, we appreciate your time. I know we kept you a little bit long in the tooth here, uh, but I know you got a busy day. Thank you so much, man. I can't wait to have you back on the show sometime soon. Everybody make sure you guys go and uh, follow wave the wheat on Twitter as well. And, mc tate matt tate thank you so much for your time sir we appreciate you you bet man thank you, thank you guys yeah we'll see you, you down bet. the road appreciate it yep you got have some barbecue man look me up hey. if you need some right we'll do thanks right on there great he stuff. goes i love that matt tate. yeah what a great guest man brought uh brought up some really good points and we'll talk about them on the other side uh probably tomorrow too because we kind of ran mm -hmm. out of time rodney it's almost that time for hanging with arge and i see him yeah. kind of creeping in it is wednesday and it is Damn, I lost. Hey, I hey, had Black, money but, down on but, the piano. Before that, bringing him on right now, he said he was going to have the piano. So things change, bro. I should have gave you the insider in information. My yeah, fault. I didn't have the scoop. I, yeah, I got man. the bump scoop. We're going to start change, calling you bump bro. scoop, Bobby. <laughs> What's good, man? You looking daper as usual, man? How's your night? It was good, man. It was good. We didn't have to go through that hill like we did the other day. So, oh my lord. Man, I know, uh, Wags, you live pretty close to me, so I was really, really worried about what I was seeing from your post. Did you and see I what I like, said to you? Yeah. 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 Boys, I, boys like, I got tore up. My, my car did? tore up. Oh, dude. Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm on the west side of Round Rock behind the hospital. Oh, dude, okay. It was. I just drove through that street. area today because I was over there for work, and I was, I was checking on it. I was like, man, these guys over here are having some tough, tough time over there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about well, it. Well, we got to get out of here. It's time for Hanging with Hard. She's going to break down everything that you guys need to know about the sports. And then, like he says, man, tell five friends. That's what uh, Matt Tate needed to do. We need to tell people about his, you know, tell five friends about his site because they're brand new. He's going to tell five friends about our site. And you're going to tell five friends about this site as well. It's Chaos Theory. We are out of here from my man, Rodney Rodriguez. I love you, Rodney. Are you going to say bye? Guys. I'm going to bed. I was I, I was out too late last night. Man. Yeah, hey, I can't do I can't do that shit, man. I, I can't do that. Man. I'm going to bed. See y'all. See y'all tomorrow. All right, brother. You guys take care, man. Um, we will talk to chat later. You guys, thank you so much for following Texas Sports Unfiltered, and it is time for hanging with Harge. Take it away, Harge.